Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The Nintendo Entertainment System. Now, you're playing with power. Don't kill me. Don't kill me, man. Don't kill me. Don't kill me, man. I'm not going to kill you. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. In the simplest terms, the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a brain and an athlete and a basket case, a princess and a criminal. Does that answer your question? everybody welcome to the back in time podcast focusing on the year 1979 i'm your host curtis with me as always is my heterosexual uh podcast mate Corey. yo (laughs) and uh joining us is nick from the um oh gosh it's like a mouthful it's the (laughs) nick you might have to come and say yeah it's it's what's the worst that could happen podcast that's awesome um now i listened to an episode and it reminded me actually for our listeners they might like this of our nerds in love podcast which is where we give dating advice for your nerds yours is more like general life advice i guess it's yeah, similar yeah, yeah. in many regards so uh why don't you do the the sales pitch to our listeners about your podcast all right all right uh it's uh it's a, like a comedy advice podcast. Uh, I'm a I'm a Portland comedian, and um, you know I bring in various guests. I try and have a guest on every episode. Uh, people write in; they've got themselves some problems, and typically we make it worse. You know, we don't give good advice, and you know apparently our listeners are good with that. Here's the thing: they'll probably try that advice, and they may even luck out and just come out on top. And they're like, "Wow, I didn't right? think that would work." You know, and the thing I think I like about uh, my show the most is, like, it's always really bad advice, but I feel like at least it, since it's really bad advice, that's always showing people, like, you easily could have a worse situation. Yes. Like, it's not nearly as bad as you think it is. Or, and that's I don't know title. about you, but with our uh, listeners, you know, they probably know the answer to their question already, mm-hmm. but then they'll email us anyways, and then it's like, no, actually, you knew the answer, we're just messing with you. Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's move on to 1979 on the cusp of becoming the 80s. Um, Everyone knows about everything but the 70s. Yeah. I feel like I feel like the 70s had its run. I'm more of an 80s 80s child, you know, growing up. Uh, so for me like talking about the 70s for the last couple episodes has been kind of awkward cuz I'm like I don't even remember most of the stuff, but uh 
some of these things we're going to talk about this week actually I'm quite familiar with. Uh, the first thing we'll talk about is Alien, the R Ridley Scott sci-fi movie starring Sigourney Weaver. Um, you know, one of the best sci-fi horror films of all time. Oh yeah, I, I agree completely. Uh, also, the kind of movie that will make you really cautious about what you eat. Because uh, everyone remembers that chestburster scene, right? Where, you know, they're all having yep. their meal. Or they're welcoming their buddy back. And then all of a sudden, an alien just pops out. And everyone's just like, that went downhill so fast. Yeah, didn't um, the cast like, not even know it was going to happen? And actually film like, their real reaction? I think, I think that's uh, something I've heard as well. Clark. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Um, now, Nick, being that you're the guest on this podcast, what are your thoughts on Alien? You know, I think the original Alien and all of its like successors with uh, Sigourney Weaver in it, they were absolutely fantastic. I think uh, that new one, what was it? Um, Prometheus. That one, Prometheus. I thought Prometheus that like the whole time. I'm waiting to see the uh, the Xenomorph the whole movie, mm. and I don't get that till the very end for like two minutes. Yeah. So that one was a little bit of a letdown for me, but like the original Sigourney Weaver films, they're fantastic. Yeah. And uh, Corey, we know you're a fan. Mm. Oh, of course, yeah. Like you specifically told me that you've danced to the scene where uh, Ripley dances around in her underwear. No, I didn't. You you've told me that, Corey. You told I me did that not. a couple episodes ago. No, no, I didn't. You're being weird. <laughs> But no, Alien is a great example of perfect build-up. I mean, really, like, from the beginning to the end, and it just it builds up perfectly on itself. Yeah. Perfectly terrifying, despite its uh, slightly dated effects. Like, the alien costume, like, it looks terrifying in the beginning, when you, when, but when you see the whole thing, you can tell it's a guy in a suit. Hmm. But it doesn't yeah. stop it from being a very great experience, though, especially watching for the first time. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to another uh, movie that starts with the letter A, A, the uh, Apocalypse Now. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I think for me this is probably my favorite of all the Vietnam flicks. Came out in the seventies. I don't know. What do you guys think? I have not seen Apocalypse Now. What? Really? I'm a '90s kid. Don't judge me. So am I. That doesn't stop me. Well, funny enough, Corey had never seen The Big Lebowski until this past week. Really? Yeah. I didn't like it either. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, I kind of had a similar feeling about it only because I had so, like, everyone's like, hey, you got to see that. It's such, it's such a good film. And I think it's fine, but, I mean, you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't have the same cult following on it that, you know, a lot of other people do just because it had so much buildup before I saw it. Yeah, that's about right. Everyone's talking about how great it is, seeing all the memes and stuff for it, and I finally mm -hmm. went and I watched, like, that's it. Oh, okay. It's not. It's something not bad. But, yeah. Eh. I'm. I'm trying my best, Corey, to not utterly hate you right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's hard. It's tough. Um, but Apocalypse Now. Uh, I mean, I think generally speaking, this movie it's a long ass movie. Like it's three plus hours long. Yeah, I was like, it's, I think it's three hours. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's the director's cut, which is like even longer, and it's just like. The movie's a chore to watch sometimes, but it does. It's a really good movie. It's really thorough. It really does its job well. Uh, basically, Martin Sheen is going in to assassinate 
um, Marlon Brando's character in the movie. And uh, along the way, he may become a little uh, disheartened about what he sees about the whole Vietnam thing. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting movie. I, I haven't seen it in a while, but I don't really think you need to watch it every so often. Like, you see it once, that's it. You don't really need to go back and revisit it. But that's just me, at least. Uh, moving on to more lighthearted fare. The Muppet Movie. The Muppet Movie! Um, which, by the way, when that new Muppet Movie came out a couple years ago, that was hitting me with all the nostalgia of The Muppet Show and this movie that we're about to talk about. Um, have you guys seen the original Muppet Movie at all? I'm gonna be honest with you. I like I know all the Muppet characters, but I am not like a Muppet person, so mm-hmm. I know like very little about any of the films. Yeah, me and my girlfriend did like a Muppet movie binge recently. But you didn't watch this one. No, I watched this one. Yes. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. What did you think? And I thought it was great. I mean, I love its humor. It's like the use of its cameo and all the meta references and how it played to itself while still being a very entertaining and intelligent film. And I could see why it's as as big as it is still now, why it's very important in our culture. I mean, let's be honest, though, too. Like almost every Muppet movie is basically a road movie, road trip movie. Sorry, with the Muppets in it. That's pretty much all they are. Yeah, they're well done. I would say. Oh yeah, it's just kind of funny though, because I feel like if you've seen one, you've seen them all basically. Wait, what about a pot treasure, uh, treasure Island? Now that is an amazing movie. It is an amazing movie. Yes. Um, yeah, or the Christmas Carol one. Mm, that was good too. Yeah, but we're not t- not talking about this one, Corey. We're talking about yeah, no, this we're, one. We're t- okay, we're talking about the original. Stay on track, Corey. Wait, you're the one who got us don't, off this road. Don't talk about Treasure Island, Corey. It's not this podcast that we're t- going to talk about it on. Well, I love Treasure Island. I keep you on track all the time. It's goddamn sure. Um, Mad Max. Mad Max is, is good, man. Mad Max, I mean, like, the original Mad Max is, I would say, one of my absolute favorite movies from the 70s. Um, yeah. Its sequels, not even close to as good. But the original one was really, really good. Yeah. Because um, the first one basically set up that universe and mainly set up uh, Max's character. So, you know, spoilers basically for a 30-plus or 40-plus-year-old movie at this point. Um, but the movie basically shows Max as, uh, you know, the world's, you know, run with corruption and crime, and, you know, his uh, his family kind of uh, falls in the target or crosshairs of a bunch of criminals, and uh, that's basically how Max's character comes to be. And then, of course, yeah, the sequels will expand on that, but... Yeah, yeah I mean, it's a good movie. I mean, like, one thing I really like about Mad Max is, like, uh, I mean, if I'm... It's been a while since I've seen the original one, but if I'm not mistaken, isn't he, like, a former cop? Yeah, uh, yes. From before yeah. whatever cataclysm hit? Yeah. Yeah, so he... So, I mean, like, as the the sequel title, I think that it best describes Max in general, just he's the road warrior. Yeah. You know? It's, mm-hmm. and- he, you know, he brings order back into the orderless world. I think that's, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. It's... It's basically, you know, there's a lot of car combat in the movie, too, which is obviously something that carries over to the other films. But, of you know, even in this movie, it's like, it appears cars just getting wrecked just for fun. Yeah, it's very visceral, very, very awesome to look at. Mm-hmm. Now, 
the next movie we're going to talk about. It's probably my favorite movie of 1979. I know I just realized in the show notes I put 1978, and I feel terrible now. Um, but The Warriors. Uh, have you guys seen this movie at all? Yeah, yeah. Warriors is is, is pretty good. Uh, we uh, my roommates last year and I we always every now and again whenever you you know you'd come home from from the store or whatever. You'd walk in the house and you'd just be like, Warriors, come out to play. <laughs> Some clanking bottles in the background. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. just your opening to get in the house. <laughs> I remember uh, when I was in university, like, we all had cable in this house that we shared. And uh, this one guy, like, I don't know how, and this was before, like, DVR and all this, but basically he could always find the Warriors on TV. So every so often you would go in there. And he was, you know, smoking pot or whatever, just watching that movie all the time. So, you know, I just got so used to just being like, well, I've got nothing else better to do. I'm going to sit down and watch, you know, this movie. And eventually, funny enough, for years, I'd seen it piecemeal, but I'd never seen the whole thing. And then it was only like a few years ago that I finally watched the thing in one solid run. And I just think it's a fantastic movie. Like, it's just so much fun. It's, it's a very simple movie. It's got a lot of violence. It's all I need. Um, good cast too. A lot of people before their prime. James Remar, Mr. Dexter's dad himself. Corey, have you seen it or no? Uh, I remember bits and pieces, but I can't really remember enough to garner an opinion on it. Okay. Um, but yeah, great movie. I played I, they the made game, a though. game out of it yes, too. Yes, yes, by Rockstar, right? Yeah. I did play that. That was pretty fun. Yeah. Probably one of the better video game adaptions of a movie. Uh, the last movie we'll talk about this week is Moonraker. Uh, <laughs> you told me about this. Bond meets Star Wars, you called it? Yeah, it's basically what it is. It's basically, you know, Star Wars had come out and the James Bond franchise, it had already been out for quite a few years, so they were looking to reinvent it. So basically the producers were like, hey, how can we make James Bond more like Star Wars? And Moonraker was what came out of it. Now, Moonraker is not a good film whatsoever. It's it's middling at best. But it's just great that they basically were like, hey, let's put James Bond in space and see what happens. You know, I've never I've never been a fan of the Roger Moore Bond. Mm. But, but I, I feel like a butt was coming in there. Oh, I mean, I, I was just seeing if anybody else had any opinions on the matter. I'm more of like oh, a, no. like Sean Connery or um, mm. oh, Pierce Brosnan. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I'm a Sean Connery guy. Although Daniel Craig's like second for me. I can't even put him on the list because he's the current Bond. I can only do past Bonds. Oh, okay. I see what you're getting at here. Okay. Um, Yeah, Roger Moore's just, he's the worst Bond because when he already started, he was quite old and he just never seemed to be Bond to me. Like he always just seemed way too wisecracky and nice. Like I can never buy him as a killer. I Mm -hmm. guess. But, yeah, this movie's just ridiculous. It's set on a space station. I mean, I would never actually recommend that people actively go out and watch this movie. Not unless you're doing it. Like, just... Well, the, her, the visuals were good. Oh, the visuals were okay for out of the time. Yeah, they I mean, 1979. Yeah. Yeah, okay, sure. And unlike Star Wars or whatever, where they've gone and retouched it up or whatever, this movie basically has just stayed the course and hasn't really changed much. Um, but it is an interesting movie just to see, like, you know, how James Bond as a franchise adapts to the time. Because at the time, yeah, Star Wars was the big thing, right? 
And of course, you know, when the Daniel Craig ones came out, the board movies were popular, so they kind of adapted it to that. So, you know, I kind of want to see Daniel Craig, though, in a space Bond film, just to see how that would be like. See how he's already in a space cowboy movie. Yeah, I mean, we're already getting there, man. Yeah. Um, on to video games, which is your expertise here, Corey. Asteroids. So. Who doesn't know asteroids? Uh, that's a good question. I don't think yeah. anyone does. Uh, asteroids is a, is a good game. Um, I don't know. I, asteroids is a good game, but I think I could only put in you know a dollar fifty into that arcade game before I'm moving on to something else. Yeah, I think I've tried it a couple times, and I'm just like, I suck at this. I'm gonna move on to something else. <laughs> what did you not suck at with older games? <laughs> I think like the X Men arcade game because where I when I was growing up there was this big arcade and they had this asteroids machine and you know some of like the older guys that would come in would play it but then i tried it once and i was like this sucks i'm gonna go play the x-men arcade game and that was great um but uh yeah no asteroids shooting at asteroids man it's where it's at lunar rescue which is actually kind of an older game that i really enjoyed I don't know, did you guys ever play this game? I've never I, played Lunar Rescue. I did. It reminded me a lot of Space Invaders, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically, you're trying to uh, get a ship to land on your your uh, little lunar pad thing while trying right. to shoot off aliens. Yeah, it was pretty much a Space Invaders ripoff, but it was all right. Yeah, it was good for its time. Yeah. And finally, Galaxian. So I always have a really bad time with this because I always mix this game up and Galaga. Mm. <laughs> always. I'm always like, all right, which one are we talking about now? So yeah. I actually had to look it up and be like, all right, okay, Galaxian. All right, I'm familiar with it. Um, yeah. I think Galaxian is the superior of the two, but I think Galaga is just so much more popular. Well, yeah. Galaxian technically came first too, didn't it? it yeah, did, I think. Galaga yeah. came out in 82. And plus, Galaxian had a giant robot bug on the mm-hmm. cover of it, which is amazing. Hell yeah. I just saw this giant, like, robot bug, and I'm like, man, we all could use a few more robot bugs in our life. Uh, Moving on to music. Uh, Pink Floyd's The Wall. Uh, pretty much, I think, everyone's listened to this album at one point in their lives, more than likely when they were teenagers. What about you mm, guys? I didn't listen to the album, but I did see the movie that was based around the album. Oh. While I was high on acid, it it was an o- it was an okay experience, I guess. <laughs> I've, I've listened to it. <laughs> <laughs> it was during my younger years. Um, you know how there's that hot pepper gaming where people try to review a video game while they're eating hot peppers. We should have one where Corey, you try to review things when you're dropping acid. Just see how long oh. that goes. No, you don't want this. <laughs> Ended up with me on the floor, like hugging it. Thinking the I'm penguins swimming. give this an eight out of ten. I can't speak for myself; only the penguins. Okay. Uh, so, anyways, uh, Nick, what do you think about this movie? Uh, the, this the movie, movie or the, the the album? I was like, <laughs> uh, two <laughs> different things. <laughs> Sorry, uh, See, Corey's no, fine. Just Corey's just confusing uh, me with all this movie bullshit. Well, there was a movie around it. <laughs> there was. Um, I don't know. I. Pink Floyd, I've always thought Pink Floyd was was an okay, you know, group. It's you know they they they're good, 
mm. but they've never been something that I've been like, oh man, the new, you know, that Pink Floyd album was amazing. Like Dark Side never really was my cup of tea. Like right. it was, it was good, but it wasn't something I actively went out to listen to. It was like somebody puts it on, I'm like, oh, that's a good song. Yeah, hmm. I feel like it. It was more closer to the times. I and I know people still listen to it now, but I feel like they're one of those bands where, like, as times moved on, people have sort of moved on from them. Because I mean, I remember in high school people were listening to Pink Floyd all the time, but now it's like you see a teenager, they probably like listen to other stuff they don't listen to Pink Floyd um Michael Jackson's Off the Wall keeping with this theme of walls in 1979 um I don't know I mean Michael Jackson he was sort of coming off and doing his own thing and I mean it's no thriller but uh I I think think this album though like really made thriller happen like it it did Mm -hmm. really really well and springboard hit springboarded his solo career beyond what it was in the you know the early 70s yeah kind of cemented I guess his more unique pop sound because at the time you know he was well before that he was doing the Jackson 5 and all that so this sort of cemented him as being the Michael Jackson that yeah you're right you would see him closer uh come to be in the thriller which actually thriller when we when we get to talk about that that's a great album I really enjoy that album mm-hmm. uh, Fleetwood Max Tusk um Talk about Rumors, actually, a couple of weeks ago. And Rumors is a great album. I don't know how I feel about Tusk. I feel like, you know, after the success of Rumors, when Tusk came out, it was kind of like, okay, that's great. It's not as good as Rumors, but it's okay. Uh, dude, uh, I know, Corey, you don't listen to Fleetwood Mac, right? Uh-uh. No. You're on your own on this one, man. I haven't heard it either. Oh, man. I feel so old now. <laughs> well, you are the oldest, I think. I think I am, yeah. Uh, Fleetwood Mac's Highway to Hell. Or sorry, Fleetwood Mac. Wow. That would be interesting. I was like, I'm a pretty big... I do love ACDC. That's a great album. (laughs) I would love to hear uh, Fleetwood Mac's take on this album. Just hear how that would sound like. But uh, yeah, Highway to Hell. Um, I don't know about you guys, but this is a damn good album. Like, this is awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, it's in my car right now. <laughs> you see, it's in his car. Uh, you joke, Corey, but that's a sign uh, of a great album if it's in I, someone's I'm not, car. You see, I'm, I'm not joking. No, that's great. Now, Are you a physical copy of an album? That's a good album. Yeah, I'm still rocking my copy of Weezer's Blue album, and the, the day oh, that that yeah. disc breaks is the day that I'm gonna just take a day off just to be like giving it a proper burial. Um, but uh, yeah, Highway to Hell. Uh, it was the last album featuring Bon Scott before uh, he died the following year in 1980. So, um, I mean, it's a really good album. It uh, has a lot of great tracks on it that I think a lot of people recognize. Right, like um, A Highway to Hell. Yeah, Girls Got Rhythm, Touch Too Much. Like A lot of these uh, songs are songs that, yeah, have become sort of synonymous with the band. Uh, right, they're still pretty relevant in pop culture today. Yes. People love to use them. And the uh, album by The Clash, London Calling, which I know there is there have been like punk albums before, but I think when a lot of people think of punk, they think of this album. I don't know if you guys would agree with that or not. No, I would. I would. 
Yeah. I mean, I feel like uh, I feel like London Calling uh, is like something I only see in movies so often. Like that, that like a lot of songs off this album, I just see bits and pieces of in films. Oh, okay. So you don't even need to listen to the album. You just you like... don't. You can just watch a movie, and you're like, all right, okay, I got my Clash today. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, you know, almost most of the albums that we've talked about uh, in this series of podcasts. You know, you can trace these songs to certain movies. I think, like, for instance, uh, what's it called? Uh, oh, my gosh. The movie where Tom Hanks plays the retard. I'm trying to remember the name. Forrest Gump. Gump. Forrest Gump. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Forrest Gump. Like, there's just so many songs in that movie that most people just know as being from Forrest Gump. But, of course, it's like they come from these artists that had musical careers and all this. But it's mm-hmm. just like, oh, hey, that song was in Forrest Gump. Um... And the final thing we're going to talk about this week is uh, TV shows. There wasn't a lot of TV show debuts in 1979. The Dukes of Hazard was the only real thing that came out in 1979 in terms of shows. I never wow. watched this show. You really? You never watched, watched Dukes? No, not at all. Oh, man. Dukes of Hazard. It's fantastic. Basically, every episode <laughs> boils down to the Duke boys getting some trouble. They go f- through a drive through the, uh, the countryside to escape the law. Then they jump the river. The law never catches them, never finds them. You think the law would catch on eventually? That's but... every single episode. <laughs> yeah, I feel like a few episodes, so yeah, I can, that's, it's true. Now, Corey, the fact that you live in South Carolina, is your life basically like an episode of the Dukes of Hazzard? <laughs> well, I mean, there's no big, awesome car chases, so... Do you drive the General Lee? No. no. <laughs> Everything else seems pretty accurate, though. <laughs> There's some uh, some moonshine business going on in the background. Yes, actually, I mean, yes. We haven't heard Benji in a while, so so you know I, I kind of worry about what Benji's up to. He's not doing any moonshine. Okay, just checking. Um, that's it for 1979. Um, wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, Mash was on the air in 1979. Didn't start then. No, that's true. We haven't really talked about Mash. I guess Mash is a good time. We probably didn't talk about Mash yet. Mash is a good show, man. Yeah, yeah. I, love Mash. I love Hawkeye. <laughs> well, since we have you on, Nick, let's talk about some Mash. All right, let's do it. Um, <laughs> All right. I like uh, one thing that I actually did like about Mash, and I always thought was was kind of funny, is um, they always replaces like repl- they replace Hawkeye's like best friend. I think twice during no once during the show. It's two different guys. Yeah. Uh, okay. And he immediately was best friends with this new guy, and did, was never like, "Wait, what happened to the last?" Nope, he was good with it. Yeah, he's like, he oh, my friend. Like he let- my he friend went home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is a shame. I liked the first guy. What was his name? McIntyre. Yeah. And then BJ Honeycutt. No, BJ was I mean, good too. I guess if you're in the Korean War and you've got no, no one else to hang out with, you'll just be friends with anybody, I guess. That's yeah, true. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, so close to the battlefield and whatnot. Yeah. I yeah. mean, what, what, was the, uh, what was the colonel's name? Uh, there's Henry Blake. Yeah. There's Colonel Potter. Colonel Potter's, yeah. Um, I don't know. I thought because Colonel Blake was the younger guy, I, I didn't think he did a like he didn't do a bad job. But I always liked Colonel uh, Colonel Potter's more. Yeah, Potter yeah. wasn't bad. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I guess I was talking for Colonel Blake though because remember, like me and my mom used to watch his show. We were when I was a kid, just collect the stuff on VHS, and I, and I saw the I'll be seeing you, Henry episode, and that always made me kind of mm-hmm. tear up, and her tear up too because we did love the character so much. Hmm. Which was a sad episode. Yeah. I 
I totally thought that the episode of Happy Days where Fonzie jumps the shark was in 1979, but I found that it was in 77. <laughs> you missed Jump. your chance to talk about it, Curtis. Jumping the shark. I don't think that's really a missed opportunity too much, uh, Corey. Yeah, I think but, yeah but we talk about the significance of jumping the shark. All right, let's talk about and how well. shows still do it today. Yeah. Jumping the shark. Yeah. Basically, if you don't know, it comes from the idea that when a show starts to slump in the ratings, they'll start changing up the formula to try to get new uh, viewers and try to capture the attention of people. And they'll do just ridiculous stuff that's contrary to the characters, such as when Fonzie jumped over a shark. Thus so. jumping the shark. Thus jumping the shark. And what notable jumping the shark moments do you have? Biggest, like, jump the shark moments? Yeah, like for your favorite show. I can't really think of any, really. I mean, well, I guess for me... I don't. I don't know if this counts, but in news radio, when Phil Hartman's character died, they they replaced him with John Lovitz. It was just kind of like, okay, I guess John Lovitz is in the show now. But I don't know if that really counts because like you can't really. It wasn't like uh, Phil Hartman's death was something that could could have been avoided or anything. So, right. What about you? Is it, is it me? Yeah, it's you. Yeah, yeah I, no. I didn't know if it was on to me. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, um, I feel like. Like the the worst, the worst jump the shark moment. This is kind of a, a skewed one. Also, is uh, Andy Gilligan's Island. Love that show. It's one of my absolute favorite shows. Andy Gilligan's Island. They get off the island. Everything's fine. The movie and then the subsequent show that came out again afterwards. They go back to the island. Like really? Yeah, they go back to the island because they don't like they don't like um, civilization. They oh. lived on the island for so many years. They go back and they open up a resort. Oh. This also sounds too like the plot to Lost. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How is that the plot to Lost? I mean, that's kind of what happens in Lost, but Lost came out way later. Yeah. They were I basically they, I thought they crash landed on the island. Okay, wait. Did they ever go back to the island and start a resort? Out? They didn't start a resort. They went back to the island, though. Uh, whatever. I don't watch Lost anymore. Like, the entire fourth season, it's like, we've got to get back. Um, I also feel, too, like another real bad one was the series finale to Seinfeld. Yeah. I mean... I don't know if it, well, I guess it counts because it was basically like the idea of the show just being about nothing. And then all of a sudden the series finale was basically everything coming back to haunt them, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's kind of depressing, too. Well, I mean, I th- one thing I think is is like the most upsetting about that is like Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David purposefully ended the show there. Like they yeah. were like it wasn't like they were like the ratings were dropping and they were like, hey, uh, we're going to be done. They were just like. Yeah, we're gonna be done. I'm I'm kind of done with this this whole Seinfeld TV show thing. Yeah. Well, damn. Yeah, they called the network and said this is the last season, because Larry David left after season eight, and then Jerry Seinfeld was like, "Okay, I'm only gonna do one season without Larry." Hmm. We got paid like five million per episode. I would I would keep going. Yeah, but he, he wanted to leave it on a high note, and his finale did not do that. His but it did have like 22 million viewers. Okay, so I guess it's technically a high note. Yeah. Yeah. Even though, yeah. In terms of rating, it was huge. (laughs) Right, of course. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so that's it for 1979 and a little bit extra. You know, late 90s. Yeah, we had to keep it going somehow. There's just so little to talk about, really. Yeah, blame that on 1979 being uh, kind of a weird year. Um, Now, Nick, at the end of the episode, we always rate this year uh and you can use whatever rating scale you want i use mm-hmm. the uncle joey scale 
And I use the letter scale, A plus, B plus, B minus, whatever. Yeah. You can rate it however you want, though. So how, how would you rate 1979 as a whole? As a whole? Because uh, the 80s have so many good things. I think the best I can do is a B minus. All right. B minus. Seems pretty accurate, though. All right, Corey. Oh, well, based on everything I do know about this this year of 1979, I mean, you have Alien, right, the Muppet movie. You had Mad Max, obviously, which, a lot of important movies. Yeah. And you have Asteroids, some ACDC Highway to Hell. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I actually have to agree with uh, Nick here. Uh, B minus. All right. I'm going to give it 700 out of 1,000 Uncle Joey's. Which is pretty much like a B, B minus. Yes, because that we we will be able to know this from the Uncle Joey scale, because everyone knows the Uncle Joey scale. Not. Yes. Hey man, one day we're gonna review something on the Uncle Joey scale, and someone's gonna have to put it on the box quote of a DVD or something. Just, just wait, like... just wait till you get Full House. As soon as you get to to Full House, it's relevant. Yeah, we, I'll take we just a recently reviewed Fuller House on our regular show, so <laughs> who knows? They yeah. might. Uh, Put a box code on or something. All right. Uh, so, Nick, where can uh, people find you on the internet? Uh, we're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. I'm trying to get us into uh, into Android markets. I was approved for the uh, the Google Play Store, and then I found out the Google Play Store doesn't do podcasts yet. The, they oh. said uh, they'll let me know. Oh, that's that's <laughs> nice. They're like, yeah, you can be on it as soon as we have that. We'll let you know when we're doing that. How I feel like that's probably not a priority for them. I know, right? I don't understand how that's a thing. Well, I think they don't have it because there's because Android Market's so open source. There's yeah. so many like just you know apps you can get that do exactly that. Mm, yeah, exactly. They probably just figure someone else has got this. Yeah. All right, and uh, Corey, you've got a podcast, don't you? Right, of course. You can find me on iTunes at the Three Angry Gamers Podcast. We just posted our first episode. Next one should be up on Tuesday night. Woohoo. And uh, I'm pretty much everywhere, all over the podcast internets. Uh, I host the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. I also host this podcast, duh, and uh, Nerds and Love. So check all that out. And uh, email us at threeangrynerdspodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions or whatever. And that's it for now. We'll see you guys next week when we talk about 1980. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.